Hey everyone, welcome to another Yes You Can podcast episode. I am your host, Hannah Pratt. I am excited to be bringing you another another full, however long this lasts, of hopefully inspiration, hopefully some comfort to all of you who are going through this right now. We're all in it. We're all in unprecedented times, challenging times, all of that stuff. I fucking cannot wait until I never hear, until I never ever hear those words again, because holy shit, is it annoying. Um, that being said, it's true. Um, this past week I had something happen to me that I'll go into shortly. And, uh, it really is unprecedented for me. It's, it's, I've never been in a situation before in my life. And so I'm coming to you with a bit of you know, humility. I'm coming to you feeling a little bit raw, a little bit more broken open than I normally would be. The armor is a little bit, you know, there's a chink in my armor, as they would say. Um, it's, it's just a different, it, I'm in a different state of mind than I, I have been in the past when I'm coming to you feeling so all sorts of inspiration. Um, I'll start with like how my life has changed and then hopefully, bring in some different lessons I've learned because despite all of these unprecedented challenging bullshit times that we're in and that I'm, I'm feeling, I know that I have personally developed the coping skills to be able to survive this and come out through the other side. And so I, I'm going to be sharing those with you, um, as we go along. Um, I, it's really weird because I, when this started happening, I think that some of us who deal with a lot of anxiety normally, and um, we've talked about this before, but not just generalized anxiety, but like an actual anxiety disorder, we are always thinking about the worst case scenario. And so when I actually came here, we're like, of course, here it is. <laughs> like, I've been waiting for this moment. Yeah, it's like the worst thing is happening, and I expected that to happen. So I feel like for me... I, it's not that I wasn't surprised. Um, I think I, I take things seriously and I, I try and um, approach things with a really level head. But I was I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And I sort of immediately went into crisis mode. And that's the way that I, I deal with problems as I am the fixer. I've always been the fixer of other people's problems. I've always been the person that people come to for advice and help. Uh, I just did a personality skills assessment (laughs) this past week, personality and professional skills assessment. And I am an advisor is my greatest strength besides my, and my second greatest strength is being a pioneer. Not that I love that word, but being a pioneer and, uh, trying new things. So if you think, if you know me, or if you, you know, if you know a little bit about me, you're listening to this podcast, I've talked in the past about how I started DJing and I how I started this organization called the Winnipeg Dress Collective. And I'm I'm always very open to starting new things in the face of of challenges and so and and trying new things and like coming out. I'm always been really proud of like the fact that I can come out the other side. And I think that one quality that people have spoken most uh, often and highly about myself is being resilient. And it can be really hard to, to hear that, even though you know it's true, because you're like, well, what the fuck else is the, what other fucking option do I have? Like, what other option do I have? And so when you're faced with something that's really challenging, um, for me, you know, my mother passing away by suicide and, and my parents breaking up and um, going through a really ugly separation where I lost a lot of money and all of the sorts of stuff... I'm like, there, there's, there's no other option than to survive it. And so, yes, I'm resilient, but I'm also, I also think I just have like really good survival instincts and a really strong sense, uh, sense of self-preservation. Um, and I hope that, that what I wish for all of you coming out of this is that you also develop that if you haven't had to, this was probably feeling a really scary, a really scary time for you because you may have never gone through something where you have to um, figure it out and survive. And you might have to be figuring it out on your own. What I will say is when I've been through, um, some of the stuff I've been through, I've never, I was, I was doing it alone and there, I was going through such a hard and emotionally, um, traumatic time in my life when I lost my mom. And then, um, 
you know, dealing with legal stuff and, and money. Um, I was doing it on my own and I didn't feel the sense of comfort that I feel now with the amount of programs, government assistance, government funding, a collective understanding that we are in a crisis because when I was going through this time before I was completely on my own and I wanted everybody to feel like they were in the crisis with me. I wanted people to see, be able to see me and understand that I was not doing okay. And that I didn't have to fucking explain it every time that I spoke to somebody. Now we're coming and having these conversations with each other with such degree of empathy and understanding that like, if you're doing better than okay, then that's amazing. But if you're not doing better than okay, then you're, you're kind of like, it's what people expect. And, and there's so many different, there's so many different things out there to help you. Um, there's so many different, like even, even the funding programs. And the reason, the reason that I am speaking about these programs is because this past week I lost my job and that has never happened to me before. I'm not going to speak directly about the situation for a variety of reasons, um, but it wasn't handled well, and that was acknowledged by everybody. And uh, uh, I'm not being laid off because I was uh, promoted into a new position. And unfortunately, even though I was with this organization for a few years, uh, I was in a probationary period for a new position and therefore was not laid off. And, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the role, but, um, yeah, so I'm not given, you know, I'm not really being given a severance or anything like that. And so it's, it is, it is such a, a blow to your ego and to your sense of self when you are an extremely independent an extremely, um, motivated, uh, person who has a lot of belief in their career as being sort of part of their identity. So for me, I have, I'm about to graduate with my master's degree. Woo. <laughs> and I have, you know, I've, this is going to be my third degree that I've invested in. I've had really, I have a slew of really high profile, jobs that I've worked really, really hard for in spite of all the things that have happened to me personally through breakups and through grief. Like my, my career has always been a place where I have a level of control and, and feel like things are good there. So, you know, if you're, if you're like me and you know, you, you have a million different things on the go and you're one area suffering, I could always look to my career and be like, Oh, this is solid. Like I'm on the right track. And it's allowed me to be, um, to sort of pick myself up out of my, out of hard situations where I've lost a shit ton of money and it's allowed me to own a home and it's allowed me to live my life as a single income person. Um, and it's really, so for that reason, the, you know, feeling like my career is me, that level of rejection is, is results in a high, high level of shame. I've never been fired before. I've never been let go before. I've never been laid off before. I've never like the closest that came to was me working at Earl's and beginning like it being like a mutual decision that after a summer of me not like giving away all of my shifts and getting a shitty secret shop that like I should just take some time. And I was like, I'm not coming back. And they're like, okay, well just let us know. And I was like, I'm not coming back. I've been here for five years. This, this is stupid. I hate it. Uh, I didn't say it like that. I was, I'm sure I was very, <laughs> I'm sure I was very polite and, and nice, but you know, I've never, I've never, besides that situation, I've never had a, uh, a time where I've been without, I haven't been anchored by my role. And so I'm, I'm turning to a lot of podcasts right now and I always have, I always have, but I know that I'm meant for a different opportunity. And I sort I think I knew that beforehand, but I definitely know that now. And so I'm trying to see this as a life sort of being like, okay, you're not going to listen to the cues. You're not going to follow what we're trying to direct you to. This is uh, then 
you know, we're going to put you on a different path really aggressively (laughs) and you're going to need to figure it out from there. And so I'm trying to take that perspective about it. Um, and this morning I'm coming to, you know, this whole week has been a roller coaster. I felt really inspired. I felt really like, okay, I got this and I still feel like I have it, but it's, it's, I think that what people don't understand is about grief is that it doesn't just happen when you lose somebody. Grief doesn't just happen when you lose somebody. Grief happens when something ends and there is five and some argue six stages of grief. And so I'm in like a sad place. I'm in like a, you know, I'm just sad about it. And, uh, that is going to take some time to move forward from. I, I think there'll always be like an underlying level of sadness, but it is, um, sadness for how it happened, sadness for, uh, my own dreams about what I wanted to do with my time for the next few months coming to an end. And that's partly wrapped up in the whole pandemic thing too. I, I was really excited about graduating my master's program. I, this was a promise I made to my mom before she passed away. And this is something we, I'm getting choked up. This is something we talked about, um, me doing before she passed away. And, um, you know, I, I think I had this like vision of convocation being this moment where she could see me and I felt like I was fulfilling on this promise and, Oh man, this is the first time this happened on the podcast and, um, to not have that convocation, um, it's, it means, a it's, it's a big, it's a big loss for me. And it's interesting because I think a lot of people are like, Oh, I should be grateful. I have a roof over my head and yes, you should be grateful, but comparative suffering is so futile comparative suffering. I remember, I remember I experienced that when, when my mom initially passed away and people would be like, like I was so aghast and blown away that people dared come to me with their fucking complaints. I remember a friend of mine, bless her heart, (laughs) bless her heart. We're not, we're not close anymore. I still consider her an acquaintance, but, uh, she called me crying because, and I was like, Oh my God, what's wrong? This is a month after my mom passed away. I was on stress leave at work. And she called me and she's like, I, nobody's coming to my birthday party. This was like a woman's like 26 year old. Like she was like 26 at the time, 25. It was her 25th birthday. That was like, you know, I think everybody at that point was kind of sort of over the, it's my birthday weekend. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. And she was still very much living in that place. And she was crying, like bawling on the phone to me because nobody was like, there's a few people who couldn't come. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I, I think I started laughing. I was like, what? And she was like, and then I had to like stifle my laughter and was like, oh, okay. You're serious about this. Holy shit. Okay. And I, I had to walk her through it. And I was like, at first I was a little bit, I was just like, I was in shock. I think I wasn't even mad. I was just like, I was like, this is, there's so many things that happen when you're, we're sitting alone in your grief that you're like, I can't believe the world is still happening. I can't believe the world is still turning. And I cannot believe that people are thinking about something as stupid as this when Like I can't call my mom right now. Um, but, but I heard a really good quote and I had already knew, I already have, I've already like come to a place where I understand this because I had to, I couldn't keep getting angry at people because they didn't understand the level of pain and grief that I, I did. I feel like I've walked into another world that few really do in their twenties. And all of a sudden it aged me like 15 years. Um, I talked about the physical changes that I even experienced in like my face and, and, um, my body in a different podcast episode, but I looked older immediately. Um, and I missed, you know, like I, I feel like the girl who saw, watched her mom die, like, uh, like physically was different and was, it was so physically apparent that that had happened to me versus the person who, you know, would have been like, Oh my God, I cannot believe people are not coming to your birthday party. Like it was, it was, I was such a different person that I, I couldn't understand why people couldn't grasp that. Um, but comparative suffering is something that I, I've always said is like, people have their own threshold, their own threshold of experiences and pain. And for some, that is the worst thing that 
could happen to them in that year or in that month or in that day is that that like that is the worst thing. They don't have this comparative um, standard or baseline or threshold like I do where I'm like, okay, if it's not a day where I get a call that my mom is in the ICU and unconscious and in a coma, then that's, that's an okay day. (laughs) Like, you know, it's, it's, I think it numbs you to a lot of other things. And I have, I've had people say, you know, I feel like you, you handle yourself so well in crises. And I'm like, well, it's just, this isn't life or death. It's not life or death. The sky is not falling. Like it will be fine. And so what other people don't have that they don't, it's, it's a bit of a gift. It's a bit of a, um, a burden, I would say, where you're, you're always sort of like looking and you're like, if it's not this, then it's fine. And, and you're numbing yourself to some of the other small pains or you're feeling like you shouldn't get upset at smaller things. And so I think right now, collectively, we're experiencing this comparative suffering where we're like, okay, if, if we, as, as whoever we are, have a roof over our head and we have, we have food on the table, then we, we're not allowed to be upset and we're not allowed to grieve. You just, grief. You just heard me get choked up about uh, a graduation that has been canceled for me. Um, and it's maybe if somebody saw that as a headline, like girl saddened by a cancellation of graduation, you'd be like, well, oh, like I, I'm thinking of this in a media perspective. If that was the headline on the story, the comments would be like, oh, this, does this girl have enough money for school? Is she like, is she, does she have a car? Is she not dead? It's like, it's like, it's like our own baseline that we expect everybody to get on board with is like, are, do you have COVID? If not, did you lose somebody to COVID? If not, then you're not allowed to be upset. And as somebody who tried using that method before, let me tell you, it is, it's going to be filled with disappointment. Brene Brown is one of my favorite podcasters and, uh, she's not just a podcaster. She's a, a doctor and she's a, she studies shame and vulnerability Two things that I, uh, think are so important. And I know that what I'm feeling right now is shame. I, the, the hardest part about my week last week was telling people that I respected and loved because I was embarrassed. I was so embarrassed and I was, and that's the equivalent of feeling shame and so I listened to one of her podcasts recently and it was about comparative suffering before this whole thing happened. And it was really interesting because she talked about the parents of, she's talking to a grief, um, uh, a grief counselor, a grief psychologist who has written books, books on the stages of grief and was, was saying that there's, he's arguing that there's a, a sixth stage of grief. And in this podcast, they talk about parents of, 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 parents who have lost a child and reference the high divorce rates of, of people who have lost, have experienced a level of like trauma and just unimaginable grief and how, for whatever reason that is, that's creating a separation between them. That's, that then creates this chasm so big that they can't, they can't get back to each other. Um, and he talked about how it's not about the fact that they've lost a child and he's speaking from experience because he lost his, his son. Um, it's not about losing a child that, that you automatically means you're going to get a divorce. It's this comparative suffering where you are blaming each other for how each other is grieving, where you are, um, not understanding how each other is grieving and you, and you're, you're going through the exact same thing and people deal with it so differently that when you are, seeing somebody who's not dealing with it, the same thing like you are, and maybe they're, maybe they're super organized or they're becoming really like they are achieving a bunch of different things. Or they're like, like what I do is I get in, I get into overdrive mode where I'm then, you know, like this, (laughs) this past week, I, at like 8 a.m. in the morning, I was 8 a.m. In fact, we all know what that time that is, 8 a.m., ADM, uh, I was outside cleaning my barbecue and like, then I was inside going through the cupboards and like cleaning out my cupboards. And, and then I looked at, I, I took a step back and I was like, holy fuck, I'm not only am I folding clothes and doing 
the laundry. I also have the dishwasher going. I also have all of the cupboards open. I was also outside. I had like soot on my face from this fucking barbecue. I've never cleaned the barbecue. I've had this barbecue. I've lived in this home for six years. I have never cleaned the barbecue. Not one time. I like, and if I'm going to be honest, I feel like that propane has been there in a long time and I don't know. I just don't know if it's safe that I'm using it, but until somebody messages me from this podcast saying, girl, you're about to blow up your house. I'm just going to continue to use this propane that I bought three years ago at Home Depot and just like, you know, just, I'm just going to let Jesus take the wheel on this one and see what happens. Oh man, I just went on such a tangent. So anyways, some people deal with, with like crises in different ways. Others, they fall into a puddle and they wallow and um, that's how they get through things. And, and I'm all for, for doing what you need to do. But I, I personally find when I'm, when I'm feeling like the world is ending and there's a lack of control, the, the way I cope is by finding control in the things that I do. So my first tip, if you were going through this is to, I think this is good for if you're over, if you're overacting and your anxiety is on the overdrive. And if you are feeling like you're paralyzed make a list of things you want to achieve that day and that week and then break them down. And it's, it can be as small as I want to shower. I want to shower in the next 48 hours and then put it in your calendar. And that will prompt you to get up and go to the shower. It's, it's scheduling the things that you need to do in your day without making you feel like I'm, you know, the day has gone by and you haven't actually achieved anything that you wanted to because a million things got in your way. So if you want to shower, if you want to clean your hair, do that. If you want to go grocery shopping online, if you want to take a walk, if you want to get some exercise in, schedule it in. Um, and if you're feeling inspired that day, make a list of things. Don't, don't then go crazy and start scheduling things every moment of your week, but make a list of things you want to achieve in the next week and put some tentative timelines and deadlines around there and just like see what happens. I find I've been expecting way too much of myself. I think in the, like one of the first days I was like, Hey, I've, even though I keep my resume updated all the time, I was like, I need to do a whole overhaul. It needs to be done by today. I need to send it around and just call all of my contacts. And so I'm going to, I'm going to follow up this conversation with a bit of a, a what to do if you've lost your job, uh, checklist. But I, I was like, I was feeling ashamed. I was feeling sad. I was feeling angry. And then I was putting pressure on myself and setting myself up for failure by not achieving all these things. And I've had a lot of people be like, you know, people close to me were like, don't put too much pressure on yourself as they know me. (laughs) They know that I will, but they're like, just, you know, take it day by day. And I'm like, I can't, that's not helpful to me. I cannot just sit and, and like, it's, it, it will be more detrimental to me than if I, than if I'm like, I'm, I'm actually doing things and achieving things. So uh, take everybody's advice as you will, even this advice, you don't need to obviously act on everything that I'm saying, but I will say that if you are finding a challenge, it a challenge to get through the day or to feel good at the end of the day, when you're going to sleep and you're feeling like your anxiety is going on overdrive, I want you to start trying to do these little checklists. And so, and, and also check in with your feelings in the morning because you might need to adjust these things. Um, one thing I've heard is, is a really helpful tip that I've taken in is like in the morning, I check in with how I'm feeling. Cause sometimes I wake up and I'm like, you know, this is no true, no matter what the case, I'm feeling amazing, feeling motivated. I had a great sleep. I just like had a good dream. I, whatever it is, I'm feeling good. Um, and I feel ready. And other days I wake up and I'm just, especially now, like it could be, I just, I feel overwhelmed or I feel really scared. I feel something and, and yet I feel grateful for the people I have in my life and, and the, the life I've built for myself thus far. So writing these things down and actually acknowledging your feelings and speaking them out to the world and speaking them out to the people around you and being like, you know, I might be at a 30% today, or I might be at a 60%. Can we like, especially if you're in a, you're in a partnership, naming that and being so open with, with what you've got to offer that day is key. And if you have an amazing job and you have a relationship with your boss where you can say, Hey, I'm feeling like I'm feeling a little bit worried today. I'm okay, but I just want you to know that I had a great, 
I had that with my team. I was so fortunate to be a leader on this team that I had. And I want to, like, I told my team that, and I'm going to do a podcast on leadership at some point, um, which might feel a little bit ironic right now, but I will. And I, I had a relationship with my team where they could tell me if they were woke up and felt like, you know, something. And then, so I just knew how to respond to them. I just knew what, what, how I was like, just, I was extra careful with how I was delivering words, especially with through email or through text or whatever, managing expectations. And I think that's true with your partner and the people you love. If you have, if you have a partner that you're in quarantine with, I think open communication is the only thing that's going to keep you guys like surviving each other. I'm fortunate enough that I am isolating with somebody, uh, but we don't live together. So we're being, we're isolating together and we're not seeing anybody else, um, in close proximity, but we, we have our space. And I think that's like, that's a good, it's a really good and healthy thing for me because it's, it's, uh, an end for, for him as well. And so, you know, for people who are in a relationship where maybe you didn't have, uh, an open channel of communication, this is the perfect time to do it because you can just say like speaking what you need is going to be one of the hardest things in life for you to figure out how to do. Um, if you can figure out how to do it in, in your relationship early on, then you're golden. If you can say, these are the things I need, oh, this happened to me and this is what I need from you. I've said that to my friends in this whole thing. Like, I've been like, I, I need from you to be this for me today. I, I need you to not argue with me when I'm saying I'm going to be doing all these things and just be like supportive and just maybe show up with a coffee. Like one of my best friends, Gaston is one of the best communicators and we have such an open channel where it's like, like, I'm like, I'm feeling very, I'm, I can name my emotions without needing to censor them. And I wish, I wish everybody had this kind of friendship or relationship. I can name my emotions without needing to censor any of them and say, and then follow that up with like, and this is what I'm going to do. And then he has like helpful tips. And it's, we just got off a conversation where it was, it was so beautiful and so reciprocal and like these, I think what other people have challenges with and what I have a challenge with is also not feeling like a burden to anybody. So if you are, have you've lost your job? If you are going through some sort of challenge, whatever that is, a disappointment, um, and you're like me, I often am like, I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm a burden or that anybody's like, I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want anybody to have to take care of me because I'm so independent. And that's a whole other fucking podcast episode probably. But I, I urge you and I implore you to lean on the people around you. I've had like, it's what's what people in the South call a barn raising where everybody in the community comes and helps barn, like raise this barn up. Like they build the barn and they, they need a whole bunch of people to do it. Um, I saw this beautiful thread on Twitter once where this woman was talking about losing her dad and, and how, despite going through her, her life day to day and getting through the day to day, she, when she moved apartments, she just could not unpack her stuff. And so she was living in this apartment for like two months with boxes, just, everywhere and just could not just could not figure out how to do it and I say that like with all seriousness I've experienced this exact same thing where you're like there's just one thing that I just cannot do and anybody who's experienced depression or anxiety it's like it's like it this one thing represents a whole bunch of other things but it's just like this task is so big it feels like you're you're about to hike or climb Kilimanjaro you know it's just you can't do it and one day her friends took a risk and showed up and were like, we're, we're, we're doing this and just, just took care of it. They ordered food. There was no, like, we're here to save the day. They just showed up. And if you are like me, you're, you're feeling a little bit vulnerable and you're feeling open and that can be a really hard thing to never mind ask for, but even just accept. I, but I've, I've practiced that where I'm like, you know, leaning on people doesn't mean that I'm being a burden. They love me and care for me. And so like saying those things to sort of, they're almost like words of affirmation to yourself. I had friends show up this past week with, you know, socially distancing, but they showed up with food, with booze, with like an ice cream cake. Um, I've just had people and my dad showed up with two bags of groceries 
and toilet paper. He found toilet paper. I think it's because he's almost on the like the seniors. <laughs> he's almost on the seniors um, discount or like access for shopping hours or whatever. But he found toilet paper and like and some adorable groceries that I I may or may not eat because there is like sort of groceries I probably ate when I was like 20 and living there still. <laughs> but I, you know, people show up and, and those like acts of service are really, really important. So try and accept those things. Um, the second really big piece of advice. So the first was make a list and, and try and like tackle like manageables. If you can look up what smart goals are, but specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, timely. So all of those, those qualifiers, try and figure out like one thing that's also going to just like make you happy and add that in. The second piece of advice I would give that's gotten me through literally every every time in my life. And I can't, I can't remember where it came from exactly, but my, my, um, when my mom passed away, I remember just realizing how temporary everything was, how temporary love is, how temporary pain is, how temporary grief is, how temporary life is. Everything is, is, is not forever. And so if you were in, uh, if you were in a place of pain right now or shame or whatever it is, it will pass and things will change. That's just the nature of life. Even if you, even if you don't want it to change, even if you stay exactly where you are, everything's going to change around you. Look at where we are today. You know, nobody could have really predicted this or maybe people could have, but they, they, <laughs> we, I don't know those people. And we have to change and adapt and, and, the challenge is that we feel like there's a lack of control right now because we didn't ask for this change. And so we're all being forced to, to change. But if you've, if you've lost somebody, you will, re, you will recognize this feeling and you'll say, okay, I've been here before where I didn't want this. I wasn't excited about what was happening in my life. I lost somebody and it changed everything. And so what's helped me see through really the, the, the hard stuff and the, and the muck is that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that, that light is that is telling us that this is temporary. So the time that we're in is temporary and the relationships we have, the, the type of relationships we have and the, the quality of relationships we have with people are temporary. That doesn't mean that they're going to go away. That means that they might change and get stronger or the power dynamic dynamic might change or the communication styles might change, but the, it's always ever changing. Everything is temporary. And the time that I'm in right now where I'm feeling, you know, shame, I'm feeling a little bit bruised. I'm feeling a little bit angry. I'm feeling sad. All of the stuff I know is going to, is going to change. And I, it's going to change partly because I'm going to change it. And I have, I have a plan in place and things that I'm, I'm working on. Um, but it's not forever. And this has helped me also deal with my own grief, like the, the, the grief that I've had in losing somebody. And, and I, God forbid anybody listening to the pos- this podcast now has lost somebody recently because that would be just such a horrible time. Um, you can't distract yourself with other things and you're just so, you're just so physically confined to the space you're in. That would be really challenging. Um, but the type of grief that you have, it's not going to feel like it's suffocating you forever. It will, it will eventually subside and sort of cease into maybe like catching in your throat a little bit. You know, you just heard me get choked up. I, that doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen even very often. It's just happening because I'm, I'm feeling the way I'm feeling right now. So the grief that you have, if you're grieving something or someone it will change and it won't feel like you're, you're riding these major waves. They will suddenly just be like smaller ones that will come. Sometimes you can see them coming. Sometimes they're anniversaries. Um, for this, you know, if you're, if you're a job loss or something, it might be, it might be seeing a big project come to fruition without you or something like that, where you're like, Oh, okay. That just feels like a little bit of a ding, a little bit of a hit. Um, but you can ride that a little bit more easily. So things are temporary. Um, and the third thing I'm going to, this is going to be a shorter podcast episode, just a heads up. <laughs> I've got things to do on my list is that um, if you've, this is, I'm moving right into like practicality. So I kind of went 
into more a little bit more like these are the things that you this is perspective you need to have and here are some tangible things to get there um, but once you have that perspective that things this is temporary is that to change your situation there are things you can do and that you should do so if you've lost your job or you're dealing with money or you are trying to navigate how to what to do right now there's a few things um, I started doing before this happened to me last week but then I really just like ramped things up. So number one would be to take a hard look at what you've got in the bank. And I think depending on your comfort level with, with saving and spending and budgeting and all that stuff, you might have like done the classic, uh, you know, head in the sand ostrich, (laughs) like, I don't want to know. So I'm not going to look and I don't really understand how much interest I like what my interest rate is on my credit cards and my line of credit. And I always seem to come out neutral in my banking each month. Um, I would, this is the time that you, you have to look at, at all all your expenses. I have different apps. Um, one is a debt like repayment app that shows me different scenarios. If I were to put this much money away against my debt versus, um, this much, how, like, and what actual steps I need to take. So if I have a line of credit, we're getting right into like the technical, (laughs) you're learning everything about me. This is the most vulnerable I could be is talking about money, but I have a credit card. I have a line of credit and then I have like money in the bank and, and some investments. And so, um, I think some people might assume that you just pay off your debt right away. I would not advise doing that. I've been in a, a, not before you've done other things. So number one would be to look at what you've got and then figure out where your money has gone in the last month or the last three months. And if you download an app like mint or another money, um, budgeting app, it'll show you, it'll actually break things down based on the transactions. So you link it to your bank account that'll like break things down so that you can see if you spent a, a lot of money on entertainment or restaurants. And obviously like pandemic season will be completely different than, than your regular life, but getting a good idea of where your money's gone, especially, um, for interest and for bank fees and all that sort of stuff, because that'll just come up right away. So you won't have to be searching through your transactions to see all of that. You'll just be able to, it'll be nice and, and, um, categorized for you, which is major. Um, so I would start there and then do an assessment of like what you've got in the bank and what bills you have to pay. So I have a mortgage, I have a home, I have a car, I have insurance, I have taxes I have to pay, I have utilities I have to pay, I have my cell phone I have to pay for, I've got dog food and my food, and that's really kind of it. I Everything else in my life is sort of like gravy, what I, what I spend money on. Um, especially now because we're not able to spend money on so many things. It's, it's like food, shelter, bills to keep things going. So I actually, before this happened, I had already contacted my bank about deferring my mortgage payment. So if you haven't done that and you've, you're experiencing job loss or, or you are in the middle of like, just really panicking about money, it will result in, in you like getting, you're going to pay for, it's not like you're not paying for it. You're deferring it. So the interest is still accumulating, but it's, it's not the same as having to have, you know, my payments are like whatever, 600 and something dollars every two weeks. I, I need that money to stay in my bank account right now. So I'm choosing to defer payments until September. My bank was, was super flexible about that. So if you haven't done that and you have a home and you've experienced job loss, I highly recommend doing that. I also recommend speaking to your bank advisor. If you have one, there's always going to be one on file. That's like connected to you. I happen to have met with mine like two weeks before this happened. Um, just to go over everything. I had a line of credit with my mom still like signed up on it. And I was like, so she died and I still have her as like a co-signer on this line of credit. Can we get her off of there? Cause it's just weird to have her name on the statement. And like, I'm, I'm confident enough of my credit score that I, I, like, let's just figure out how to do this. And, um, he was super empathetic and super helpful about that. So we actually were able to like move some stuff with my debt around so that I was paying, uh, I didn't actually have to do a credit check. I just was able to move, um, some banks, if you have like a credit card and a line of credit, they can move, uh, your limit from one to the other so that you don't have to, 
open a new account or ask for an increase, but you can decrease one on your, say, your credit card, which would likely be a higher interest rate than your line of credit. Um, so that you're paying less interest because if you do one of these banking app stuff, you'll see how much interest you're paying, especially on a credit card that could be like 19, 29%. You're paying, you know, depending on your, what your balance you're carrying, um, you could be paying upwards of $200 a month. Um, so understanding what you've got and what you can do in terms of the stuff you have right now is really, really key. Another thing I'd recommend is in, when you're speaking to the advisor is to see if you can defer her payments on those two. So again, um, deferring doesn't mean you don't have to pay ever, but it will mean that you your, your credit um, interest rate, at least for mine, was able to go down significantly and I'm deferring payments for three months. And I've got a pretty good handle on my, my debt and I, the reason behind it, I think a lot of people are really ashamed of having any sort of debt whatsoever. And then they just allow it to like swallow them up. And we're all expected to be these perfect people who don't have any, anything, you know, we just have savings and we have money in the bank and we're not worried about money. It's, it's the, this weirdest thing where we like, we don't feel like we can talk about how much things cost and how things are stressful when, uh, about like how we're stressed out about money. It's the, it's the weirdest fucking thing. Um, I might turn this into a bigger episode at some point and uh, talking about my, like my money history, because it's, it's, I've, I have, I have a bit of a unique situation where I had a lot of money at one point, And then I had not a lot of money because of a separation. And so anybody who's listening, who may have gone through a divorce, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. You know, how much lawyers cost and, uh, it, how, how expensive things can be. And so you have to, so you might be already have, you might have already experienced pressing reset and then this pandemic is going to be like another pressing of reset. And so take advantage of the programs that are out there. I'd also talk to, if you have an investment advisor, which is different than like your banking advisor, um, there's, or if you don't, there's a lot of people who are giving out free advice right now. Um, I actually just got off the phone with somebody who I spoke to about, investments because with the organization I worked for, I had a pension. And so I'm going to be getting pension options, which is amazing, um, that I'm going to have this, this opportunity to do something with this, this money and put it into, um, what he explained was a good time to be buying stuff. So listen, I'm not giving out banking advice. I'm not giving out, certainly not giving out investment advice, but I am saying, talk to people who know what they're talking about and, um, also seek out your own research. Um, so try and lean on the free resources because there's a ton out there right now. Um, apps are maybe caught like a nominal cost, but if they help you figure out a plan, especially for debt repayment, do that. I would also though, when you're having these conversations with a banking advisor, ask them what's possible without doing a credit check. I briefly mentioned this before. So if you don't know what your credit score is, I highly recommend trying to figure out what, what it is. Um, and there's simple ways of doing it. I just made it sound like it's like, <laughs> it's a fucking puzzle. It's not, you can go to creditkarma.com. I actually have an Equifax monthly subscription. And so, um, some people believe you shouldn't have to pay for it. I like to, I invest in that. I always have, um, the f- first time I realized I had shitty credit was when I tried to buy a house and I was like, I just, I just had like been blissfully unaware. This was like seven years ago. And I was shocked to, to, to see what my credit was. And it's because of like a stupid cell phone bill that I, I don't know what happened. I think I just like didn't pay it. I was, I was like 20 at the time. This isn't more than a decade ago. And what I didn't realize is that like, it will negatively impact your credit. And it is, it's so much easier to knock your credit down than it is to build it back up. And so I worked really hard to, to monitor my credit since then. Um, and when, after I bought my house and then decided I want to ha- wanted to have my, like when I was by myself, I wanted to have my own name on my house, um, on the title, on the mortgage and not have to rely on my dad or my ex or having anybody it, it, I needed to really hunker down and build my credit up to a point where it was, uh, squeaky clean and really good. So don't be afraid. Um, 
knowing what you've got, whether it's money in the bank or what your credit score is, is power. It's going to help you figure out where you are and where you need to go for like what you need to focus on. So don't freak out if you don't know what it is. If you do know what it is, um, I recommend looking at Credit Karma or Equifax because they actually have monitoring services. So it'll tell you if something's gone down. Um, it'll tell you if you've gone up, which is always a really great email to get. So definitely figure that out because that will help you make money decisions. And also like if you have, you know, just forgotten to pay a credit card or like put, you know, your, your minimum monthly payment down on something, um, automating those things will, will be helpful. And then you just know exactly like that. You you don't even have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about your credit card being delayed. I understand of course, there's people who are going through such crazy, um, situations right now that money might be so tight that you, that's not even possible. Again, I recommend talking to your bank and figuring out what exactly you can do. Um, that those are a few of like the, and then of course, those are, these are a few of like simple things, but things that I actually re- think have realized that not everybody knows to do. I would also, if you have a credit card, you might have invested in the insurance. So when they sign up for a credit card, they're like, okay, insurance for like life insurance, comes with it or it's required or you can spring for different kinds there might be job loss insurance on your credit card and they can act, they pay lump sums of up to 20 percent of your balance if you've lost your job um so i would call the insurance company you would have received like a, a fucking brochure or port, you know, pamphlet or something when you signed up for this credit card but um check to see if that is something that you signed up for because i know from my experience i I was really up on my life insurance, <laughs> but, uh, if you listen to the podcast, you understand that I love, I love having a will and all that sort of stuff. But I, uh, you, you likely will have had some sort of insurance on a credit card or a line of credit or whatever. And so see if you have a job loss one, most lines of credits do not have job loss protection, but most credit cards, uh, at least have the offering and you might've signed up for it. So call the insurance company. Um, I also recommend doing a deep dive into all of your insurances. If you have life insurance, if you have mortgage insurance, mortgage insurance, you might've signed up for something. If you have a job loss too, all of those things, just like start using this time to like research that shit, man. I'm just like on a, I'm just like fired up right now. Can you tell this is where I find like empowerment and feeling good about myself is when I actually get things done. This is so funny. I like how I've switched from the beginning of this podcast to now I'm just like, I'm just like fucking on one. Also the caffeine is kicked in. So that's good. Um, I would also recommend doing your taxes and there's so many free, uh, tax, um, services out there last year. I'm embarrassed to say I used, I used a tax company that literally paid, like costed me like $300 because I was doing some work on the side. And so then I had, I have a business, I'm a freelance business. And so because of that, they qualified me as like a business, uh, tax refund when it was actually, it, it was so nominal. I, this year I paid a donation to simple tax, which is, I, a, a, a program I used that literally populated everything from the CRA for me. Um, it was so fucking simple. I can't even explain how simple it was. I've never done my taxes before. My mom always did my taxes for me. And then I just went to H&R Block and um, they ripped me off apparently for the last five years. So do your taxes because if you are in a lower income bracket or if you have made a lot of donations or any contributions to your RSP or even if you have uh, um, children, whatever, there's going to be, there's a high likelihood that you are going to be getting a refund. I don't get a ton. I didn't get a, a huge refund this year, but I, it's still money that's coming in. So when you're thinking about all the money that you've got in your bank account versus what your debts are and what you need to pay, the more that you can obviously squirrel away some, some funds is, is good. On that note, CERB. So they've just changed the regulations where prior to you had to be uh, out of work and not getting paid for 14 days before you could apply. Now, if you are making less than a thousand dollars a month, 
then you can apply. So if you are, if you're, you have been fired completely or laid off completely, but you are, your work hours are significantly reduced. Um, say if you're working in a restaurant and now you're doing delivery instead of like serving, you can apply, which is amazing. And that's $2,000 a month. So I've made a budget for the next few months um, not even considering the savings I have in my account, not considering what I'm going to be paid from my like last paycheck, pay, paycheck from work or um, obviously my or pension or any of that stuff. I've just made a budget based on leaning on that and then um, any other guaranteed income I have, which is really not much, but it's, it's comforting to see those numbers and just look at the data because it, when you have this information, it's going to alleviate that like brain of yours that's going into overdrive and worrying and panicking about everything. If you have exact, exactly what the worst case and the best case scenario is, best case scenario, I'm, I'm back in the, in the, you know, workforce in, in a month. And this was a blip. Um, worst case, it takes a long time for me to find out what I should be doing and, and finding my next, op- next opportunity. Um, that's that's one perspective that I think is is I found comfort in, and I hope that you will too. If you're listening to this and wondering about all the things that you that could go wrong, um, as I said, I started doing this before I actually lost my job, and so I I, I don't know why. I think it's again the worrier of me that I'm like <laughs> just like what the like what are the worst things that could happen? And once I once I flipped into like this crisis taking care of business mode, I, I felt so much better. Um, the first day was pure panic. The second day I was like, okay, I'm calling this person. I'm calling this person. Once you've done all of these things with money, slow down, do an assessment of where, what you think your next opportunity could be. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a smart person. (laughs) So I, what I did was take a personality, uh, professional skills assessment quiz, and it sort of affirmed, um, it affirmed who I thought I was and, and the kind of role that I think I should be in. Um, and I also called my career coach to help me sort of decide my next move. Um, a lot of you are probably like, I don't fucking have a career coach, Hannah. I'm like, well, get one. Um, no, it's, this is a, this is not a time to be investing a lot of money. If you're, if you don't have an interview lined up or if you don't have a role that you're really wanting their advisement on, or even if you want, um, my career coach has helped me with negotiations in the past and, um, I'm going to sing her praises because I think she's absolutely amazing. And she got back to me within 12 hours once I called her and told her what happened. Um, sorry, emailed her. And then we spoke on the phone. Her name's Carrie Twig, K-E-R-R-I-T-W-I-G-G. And she's actually, so she offers a ton of free resources online. You and if you're in looking in the job market and you're like, I don't even know where to start, highly recommend going to her website. She has a ton of videos on YouTube that talks about exactly what should be in a cover letter, exactly what should be in a resume. And she's also offering her courses online at like a ridiculously reduced rate. So it's like $10 a month for, um, an insane amount of resources and videos. Um, she has a ton of experience in this area and I can say, I can say from personal experience that she's unbelievable. I might actually see about having her on the podcast, to be honest. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. I just had like a flash of inspiration. Um, so like try and find these resources that are out there. And there's so many people like her who are so smart and intelligent and are offering their expertise at such a reduced rate because we're collectively facing this together. But if you haven't redone your resume, now's the time to take a a hard look at it. I've never been in the position before where I've needed a job. So that's something that I expressed to her. Um, She was sort of like, you know, you probably have, like, we've worked on this before and, you know, I think that you're good. And I'm like, yeah, but I've never been in a place where I have needed a job. And so every job that I'm applying for, it's, it's coming from a different place. 
Um, and I don't want to be operating out of a place of fear. And I want to make sure that I am just armed in the best way that I can be. And so all this advice I'm giving you in terms of banking or resumes or whatever, it's all just so that you're armed with the best possible arsenal of tools to help you succeed and get through this. Um, this is a temporary time, as I said before. And so we just need to operate differently. Like we need to think about what's important to us. We need to try and what I'm doing is trying to see this as an opportunity to be like, okay, you know, this wasn't the right role, as I said before, for me, long-term, for whatever reason, um, the universe is showing me a different path. What do I, what should I be doing and what makes my heart sing and how can I get paid for, for doing those things? Um, so I know that's easier said than done, especially if you are dealing with bills. So if, if that's the case, you know, take this with a grain of salt, take this with a, you might be able to hear my words a little bit more clearly um, once you're through the the crisis of like figuring out your financial situation. But now is the time where there's more programs than ever. The banks are more understanding than ever. Cell phone companies, um, you know, your internet, whoever it is, should be more understanding than ever. And there's programs in places if if you're finding that they're not. Um, I feel like I'm going to pause it there. I said it was going to be short and now it's like a fucking hour long podcast. <laughs> oh man. Um, I, I, I want to be clear that me disclosing, you know, the situation I'm in is really an only, it always has been, and it always will be only in an effort to share my experiences with others so that they feel less alone. It is never in an attempt to put anyone down, attack any organization, person, um, anybody that's been in my life. I've shared, I share stories so that they can help inform. Um, so me sharing my story currently in, and telling everybody I feel ashamed is really so that I can speak to the experiences and the lives and the things that you're currently in and going through. Um, we talk about breakups and we talk about like feeling ashamed and feeling angry and feeling hurt and all those things. It's not so that we're like bringing the people of the past into our lives. It's just so that we are acknowledging the trauma that we've gone through. One thing that Carrie said to me, and she was the first person to, this, to say this to me, is she said, I'm so sorry for your loss. And she's talking about this job. And I was like, you're the first person who's acknowledged that it is it is what I'm feeling is, is grief. And I know this feeling so well, so I knew it immediately. But not everybody acknowledges that that this is like a traumatic experience that we're, we're collectively going through. And... Um, it's hard because we're expected to compete with each other. We're expected to, we feel like we are comparing ourselves to one another. We're comparing our suffering. We're comparing our achievements. We're comparing everything because we're, we're sort of in the same baseline space. Um, but I, I want to leave you again with, with like one of the tips I, I said before is this is temporary and we will get through this. I know that's true for me. I know that's true for you. I know good things are coming. Um, and the best thing that we can do is prepare ourselves for them by knowing as much as we can about our situation and like just really setting ourselves up for success. So I'm going to stop it there. I might edit the fuck out of this. We'll see. But I hope you guys have an amazing time. If you're listening to this on the weekend, this is being recorded on a Sunday. I hope you have an amazing week. I hope to be back with more updates, more guests coming up. And I hope this makes you feel a little bit better um, as we as we go through, you know what? I'm, there's this bird outside my window. And so I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, you're like, end the goddamn podcast already. I'm like, I refuse. I refuse. I, so there's this, there's this quote that's gotten me through a lot of things in my life. And so beyond, <laughs> beyond, uh, understanding that we, you know, everything's temporary and having that sort of perspective on life. Um, I also have this quote that is, uh, I'm going to be honest, it's from G.I. Jane, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. I just fucking love that movie. If you haven't, if you haven't watched it and you want to see resilience and you want to see somebody like rising from the ashes, go watch it. I'm going to watch it today, actually. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm going to watch it today. So this is, I heard this quote, which is actually a poem for the first time in that 
movie and it has stuck with me and it's something that's like been a guiding principle for me. Um, and I talk a lot about like not wallowing and that's my personal approach to grief and, and crisis and pain. Um, but it's by D.H. Lawrence and it's called Self-Pity. I never saw a wild thing feel sorry for itself. A small bird would drop frozen dead from a bough without ever having felt sorry for itself. And so if you are like me and see yourselves as a bit of a wild thing, as a bit of a, a, a survivor, um, I want you to take that perspective as you are experiencing whatever pain you are, realizing that it is temporary and that we will get through this together. And, you know, self-pity is not going to be the thing that propels you forward. Hope you have an amazing weekend. As I said before, I'll be back next week. I'll hope to have maybe a guest. Maybe I'll have carry on. Maybe I'll have, I've, if you want to hear from a mental health practitioner or somebody who can give us other tools, if you want to hear from res- registered massage therapists, I've got nothing but fucking time now. So, <laughs> so let me know, please rate, review and subscribe. And I hope you guys know that. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm.